The Dodgers are not done making big moves, and that could affect the plans of the Seattle Mariners going forward. Plus, Jung-Hoo Lee got a big contract from the San Francisco Giants. Could the Mariners have given that to him? And also, we'll talk about some of the comments that reporters have been making about the Seattle Mariners, their front office, and their ownership right now. And spoiler alert, it's not pretty. Thank you for tuning in to episode 43 of the Hit It Here podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm here with Joe. Joe, how are you? I am doing very, very well on this Wednesday evening that we're recording you guys are hearing us on thursday happy thursday to y'all i just you know the dodgers kind of pissing me off a little bit because <laughs> they're doing what i want to do as far as you know what my baseball team's operations are and sure you know will the seattle Mariners ever be able to compete in this huge market that the dodgers have created for themselves not necessarily and i don't think many other teams would be able to either. There's probably, you know, less than five teams in the MLB that could realistically do what the Dodgers are doing right now. And it is, I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. The rumors were circulating Tyler Glass now and an outfielder. The original talk was Manny Margot. And then Randy Arozarena decided to just, boop, drop a little bomb on Instagram, post a picture of him and Shohei from the WBC. And then that started, you know, kind of, Everyone was like, oh, wait, is Randy a part of this deal? And I don't know. It's It does, I think, create a bit of a hiccup in the Mariners' I think path to acquiring one of the Rays, either infielders, outfielders, what have you. Because if they're busy talking with the Dodgers, they're probably not very interested in talking with the Mariners. I, I, I believe Rosenthal said that Rose Reina, as of right now, is not part of it. Correct. That obviously could change yes. over the next, you know, however many hours or days that this takes. If it ever even happens. I mean, Glasshouse making $25 million a year. The, the, the Shohei Otani contract, which we actually haven't even talked about, like the way it's structured, mm -hmm. gives the Dodgers plenty of flexibility to go out there and get Glass now. And even at that, even after that, go sign Yamamoto. And adding Manny Margot, I think he's making, I think ten. Or, is it ten? Yeah, ten, yeah, you're right, you're right. Ten, ten million dollars. Uh, Rosario would be making nine. It'd be interesting to see the package that would be going back for those guys because the Rays are smart. The Rays are very good at finding talent in the depths of your minor league system, ripping it out of your hands, and then using it against you in four years. But first, a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. If you want to place a parlay or just do a straight bet or even cook up a same game parlay, Bet Online is your place to go. They've got NFL, college football, UFC, NHL, and they're all in full swing. So if you want to put some money down on the Hawks in their final stretch of the regular season, or maybe place a bet on the Huskies in the college football playoff playing in the Sugar Bowl, or even bet on some Kraken hockey, baby. You can do it on Bet Online. It's your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. They've got both desktop and mobile access at any time. So if you're like me and you're watching sports on the couch a lot, you can place a bet from your phone with ease. Head to Bet Online today and use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, bet online. It's where the game starts. This trade specifically for the Mariners, if it was to happen, if if Manny Margot went, it should not stop the Rays from trading Rosarena. Might make it a little bit less likely just because, you know, they are down an outfielder at that point. I also don't know if with with uh, Pepwa, or how do you say it? Pepwa? Is that how you Pepio? Say it? Pepio? Is that how you say it? I've, right. I've been reading he's it as like, Pepio the entire time, so. All right. Pepwa, you know, he's like French. If if he was to go back to the Rays, what kind of interest they would have still in some of the Mariners' 
starting pitching. With that being said, I mean, starting pitching is always a commodity that everybody needs. And I'm sure they'd be more interested in having like a, like a Brian Wu or a Bryce Miller than some of the other guys they have at the back end of that rotation. Um, it doesn't have to be starting pitching. Like the Mariners and the Rays even might want guys that are younger. They might want guys at the lower levels of the minor leagues that we haven't even talked about really. Um, we've, we've said that Emerson and Cole Young should both be untouchable. Yeah. Um, I do think, however, that it would take at least one of them in that deal. Really? If like, we were to still try and go get Randy or Rosarena? If, if you're not including any like, of the big Oh, league, I, like, yeah. If you're not including a pitcher, then yeah, I think, of course, that's a completely different conversation about package going back. And I think that for me is the biggest wrench in the, in the plan, because if you're the Rays trading with the Dodgers. Obviously, you're probably going to want some sort of pitching back with Glass now, unless it's like this three-team deal, then who knows what the package really looks like at that point because it just blows up to a bunch of different people moving in a bunch of different ways. And I think, I don't know, because I agree with you. I don't think if Manny Margot gets traded to the Dodgers, I don't think that rules out a Rosarena being traded just because it is about maximizing a Rosarena's value to the Rays. And in a trade package, you can still get very, very good value from him, even if you're not acquiring pitching in the deal for him. I think then it just, it trickles down a little bit more to maybe an outfield prospect like Gabby Gonzalez and a major league outfielder like a Cade Marlowe or a Zach Deloach, like someone in that range that then just goes out and plays left field for them because they've got Josh Lowe, they've got Jose Siri, they just need one more guy to really fill out there. Or you can do an infielder like that's already part of their team, like Brandon Lau goes out and plays left field again. So it is one of those situations where I think just the trade package going back to the Rays gets a little muddy, whereas previously it was pretty crystal. Like it was, it was pretty cut and dry what was going to be going back in that deal from the Mariners' perspective. So I don't know. I've I was just... I'm just waiting for the Rays and Dodgers to figure out what's going on because that happened last night, Tuesday night. It's currently Wednesday at 521 and we still haven't had any deal go through. Yeah, it sounded like it was. I wouldn't say it sounded like it was close, but the names were being exchanged to the point where it was getting leaked. So usually that means, hey, you know, this is I wouldn't say imminent, but hmm. this is something that's deep, deep in talks and there hasn't been a word about it since. And so. I think that how long is Glass now under contract? I think is this is final this, year. This is his final year. I don't know, man. I don't know what the Dodgers are going to give up, but twenty-five million dollars for him when they already are not pushing the luxury tax, but are up there, mm -hmm. and plus Manny Margot as well. They, what do you think? There'd be like some sort of offsetting salary relief that going the other way. With the Rays involved, like then absolutely not. Right? Yeah, because that's just not part of their business model. I think unless there's a three-team deal. Yeah, of course. I think the big thing that the Dodgers would just want out of it is the fact that at his peak, Glassnow is a Cy Young. Like, yeah. realistically, when he's healthy, pitching his best, he is a Cy Young. And sure, you could say that about uh, you know ten different pitchers. The you could say that about Alec Manoa for all you want, but the track record uh. shows a bit better for Glassnow and. If you think if you're the Dodgers and you think the physical holds up a bit better than say other you know teams that might be looking at Glass now, maybe you take that risk. It's just the original, not the original, but like part of some of the names I've seen, like Michael Bush's name getting thrown around, which to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he's pretty close. I mean, he's basically major league ready, and that's just they're already a crowded infield in Tampa Bay. So I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. So I, I honestly think facilitating this deal for the Mariners could be beneficial in a certain way. It's just how they fit into that is 
interesting, but also kind of concerning because I could see them going in with good intentions and then ending up with like Chris Taylor and Manny Margot in some capacity and having given up some pretty good talent for guys that realistically don't push the needle a whole lot like in return that's my like that's that's like my pessimism like (laughs) coming out like dude okay so (laughs) you know how pessimistic i am about this team right now yeah you and i talked about it yesterday a little bit i was surprised dude it like like the jung-hoo lee contract just killed me inside Mm-hmm. And like the fact, I, I, like I was so sold on Jung Huli, and it just felt like he was going to be a Mariner. And the fact that you know he signed this big deal with the Giants, it it it, it killed me. It really did. The Mariners fan in me. It's like with everything else going on, and now we're now we're starting to see things start to move. The free agency, you know, yeah. slowly still, but it is starting to move. And it just kills me inside to know that the Mariners are playing zero part in this so zero. far. But that how how much of that is really going to change right like that's right i think after everything we've heard you know everything we've heard why should we even expect them to do anything and you know they they don't have a they don't have a a a good team right now we know that this team sucks right now this is an 85 win team at best yeah yeah at 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 their peak okay i would call this more of a 78 to 8 win team right now like on the lower end of that Mm-hmm. yeah i mean you know the zips projection came out and we don't even want to talk about it that much because like we shouldn't think that this is the final team right now but a lot of the the signs are pointing us in that direction and you know there's a couple places to upgrade in that situation and jung lee would have been a great upgrade in that regard and i was very early on like jung lee you know, carrying that torch. Like I want him on the Mariners. I made the specific video about it in that video. I said four years, 60. And then if you're the marriage, you have to go probably a little bit higher to like four years, 72, which is just under the six years, 113 that he got. I think it averaged that's like 18.3 a million year, four years, 72 is 18 exactly. And so I don't know, maybe, you know, for whatever reason, he just, he wants to be in center or my problem is like, they didn't sign him. Okay. I get it. It's the fact that we heard nothing at all about them even being in the sweepstakes. Yeah. Like we didn't hear a damn thing about them having a meeting with Jung Hoo Lee or, you know, what have you. And I get it. The Mariners usually play their cards pretty close to the vest, but with everything that we've heard, it sounds like the Mariners are trying to get their names just out on everyone. Well, we're looking at Justin Turner, JD Martinez, uh, I mean, Yamamoto you know, Tyler right there. Yeah. Yamamoto. And it's like, and it's like, we heard nothing about heard. We heard, we heard nothing about Jung-Hoo Lee. And it just makes no sense. Like, I understand that he might want to stay in center, but if you're the Mariners, how do you at least not check in? And maybe yeah. they did. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But do you think they ever would have gone there? That, that amount of money? Probably not. Realistically for a guy that hasn't seen it, like the issue with, with Jung-Hoo Lee in terms of projecting him into like a major league roster, I guess, is the KBO is a step below the step below triple a to a lot of people and sure you know the highest people in the kbo have seen good success in the mlb but i just don't think they would have gone more than like 65 million dollars and it's not i i don't think they would have gone six years i think the six years obviously there's an opt-out for him after the first four but i could have seen four years like 65 million realistically as like their highest and to know that they needed to go to probably 75 million if it were to stay at four years, I just, I don't think, especially with the operating cost constraints and margins that they have to work within, 
that's their entire budget if that's really mm-hmm. what is true about their budget this offseason. And so I just with the money and how the market started shaping for him for Jung-Hoo Lee, I just don't think it was ever going to happen. Even even as hopeful and optimistic as I want like I was just, you know, I was in on him. I just I could not bring myself to realistically see a shot for it. Mm-hmm. I think that if the Mariners would have gone out and signed Jung Hoo Lee, I feel like it would have at least been a, a sign that maybe they are not under these budgetary constraints we think they are of only twenty to twenty five million. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's no way that you could put it all into one player at this offseason, at this at this point. You can't mm-hmm. because you have so many holes left to fill. I mean, if if who was it right now like in in the outfield is it Canzone and Marlowe or Pretty Deloach much. are those the two guys yeah, that are Cade Marlowe, Dom Canzone, Sam Haggerty's going to see regular time, Taylor Trammell. So that's just it is a flurry of names that should not be penciled into your opening day roster as a guarantee. Yeah, right. So I think that it would have been at least a, a sign that hey, you know maybe they have more money to spend than we thought they did. But all everything is pointing towards the fact that they don't. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's not a single thing that they're talking about that we have heard rumors about anything that says that they have more than twenty five million dollars to spend. And the um, MLB reporters throughout all of baseball have been basically saying how much of a shame it is and how stupid this is for baseball, for the fans, and for the sport. So first we're going to start with Jeff Passan, who was on the flagship station of 710 Seattle Sports with Brock and Salk. And he said basically what we have all been thinking. You know, it this just sucks. It's a shame. The Mariners window is now, and the ownership group is not giving them the opportunity to go out and fill these spots the way they should be able to. And when he was asked, I think this is probably the most interesting topic here, when Passon was asked, how do the Mariners go out and fill out this roster with 20 to $25 million? He just laughed and said, you can't. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Uh, not honestly, honestly, not really. Yeah. I don't think that it's impossible. And I don't think that it's a, you can't scenario. I think that there is opportunity to go out and find two players within that, within those that would be immediate upgrades over your guys that you're going to go out and field right now. Whether the front office and ownership see that and are like, okay, yeah, let's go do it. That's neither here. That's not part of this conversation, I think, because that is the big variable in whether or not like there are upgrades to be had. Of course there are. Of course there's you. It's not like Jorge Soler is going to cost you 20 million a year. He might get you damn close to it, but (laughs) if it's 15 million a year, and say so you've got 20, 25 million, let's play on the upper side there. Then you still got 10 more million to spend. You're telling me Rowdy Talese signed for one year, $3.25 million or whatever it was with the Pirates. You're telling me you can't go sign to say Carlos Santana to be your everyday DH for like $8 million if you really wanted to. Like, sure. Is that the most like lucrative idea? Is that the most sound person to go out and get to fill out parts of this roster? Probably not. But if we're like, looking at these guys that you have to, I think, place your money smart with, then yeah, there's people that you can go out and fill the roster out with. Is it going to be the same level of production? No. And maybe that's where the no, you can't comment comes from is that you can't replace Teo Gino Kalnick with 
two guys within $25 million. And maybe that's the larger argument, the larger comment. But to say that you can't go out and upgrade over the people that are on your roster right now with those with that money involved, that just, it, it, it seems lazy to me. Yeah, and I think we've we've really come a long way from him calling us greedy. Huh? You know, honestly, I saw that he he called he he made these comments last week or whenever it was, and I felt not I don't want to say betrayed in any way, but I felt like he is the the last person I wanted to hear say it because of the comments he made about being greedy last year. Whatever you could call it, character development. You can call it you know growth. It was though I I would have rather any other MLB reporter said it. Hmm personally interesting okay okay my thoughts on it thank you so much for asking i disagree with it completely i think the way that it was asked to him was can this lineup be better than last year's for under 20 to 25 million dollars obviously you can upgrade over who's on the field now yeah. i like in my opinion it's not hard but over last year like yeah you can upgrade i mean teo and gino i love them to death they weren't great last year like mm-hmm. they they weren't anything special and it all comes down to their willingness to get creative because you can do it. Not even that really that it's not even that difficult, but it has to be through the trade route. You cannot, you don't have the capital to go sign for agents right now to make this team better than it was last year in, in a meaningful way. And that's where I think it comes into play. The trades with like the reds or even with the rays, like we were talking about, those are the avenues that you can take to make this team like meaningfully better than it was in 2023 mm-hmm. for under 20 to 25 million dollars. Like if you're telling me that if you go out right tomorrow and you get Spencer steer, right, you're not better in some position than you were last year. You are yeah, immediately mm-hmm. like, and you get Randy Rosarena was he, he was better than Jared Kelnick better already, than Teo. already an upgrade. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. so yeah, you can, and I just think that the way Passman was looking at it is he was only looking at it through free agency, through sure. that that lens. And doing it through a trade is, I think, the only avenue this makes sense. Now, it's much more difficult because, obviously, it takes you to Tanko. Like, are these teams willing to even trade these guys? We don't know. Like, we, we, we have no idea. And so, if the Mariners can't get the other teams to play ball, then sure, it's impossible. But more often than not, you can find a trade partner especially when you have the guys that you have to trade. Now, my favorite punching bag, John Heyman, yeah. came out and had said that, basically echoed the similar comments about how much of a shame it is when you have Julio Rodriguez, J.P. Crawford, Cal Raleigh, etc., and great pitching staff. How, like, it's just, it's bad for the sport. It truly is. When mm-hmm. you're fielding a team that has... This much star power, but you're just not filling it out. And it is therefore non-competitive. What did you think about Heyman? Honestly, like, I, the last person I thought I would have had a respectable take from was John mm-hmm. Heyman this offseason about the Seattle Mariners. Because notoriously, he's just, you know, hated on the Mariners yeah. for, I mean, I don't want to say like valid criticisms, but criticisms that I can kind of wrap my head around. And this is one where I, we're duh. We're very much so wrapping our head around the fact that the Mariners can add to this team. And the tweet, the tweet is mm-hmm. still my Twitter profile banner. Yeah. So. The, the plan one, <laughs> the plan tweet. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's an interesting, it's a very interesting off season when you've got John Heyman kind of championing the ideas that your team can be better. And it's a shame that they're not because he's a guy that is just notoriously hated on the Mariners for whatever reason. 
And this, albeit is, I, I want to say hate, but it is kind of, you know, poking, not like poking, I don't know. It's at the expense of the Mariners, his comments, but it's in the vein of there could be, they could be better. There, there should be hope, but there's not. And so it, I mean, everything he's saying is true is the problem. Yeah. And I mean, it's the same thing with like Ken Rosenthal, like there's, it's three huge MLP reporters just saying what everyone's thinking. I mean, and Divish had a great article from Seattle times, mm -hmm. like I want to say it was yesterday or is it today. I can't remember. Just there's a lot of m just media in general that is trying to push the Mariners in the right direction. And it's just, they're refusing. It seems like it's like, I don't want to say they're quiet quitting the off season, but like nothing's happening and they're mm -hmm. not, it doesn't seem like they're willing to do anything about it. And let me make one thing clear. We don't, Joe and I aren't happy about this either. Like for what it's worth, we're just as mad as everybody else is about what is going on this off season. And so when we make a video, for example, about, Hey, you know, Mariners can make this trade for someone on the reds. I think that we're all pulling this, the rope the same direction as the, the Haymans right now and the passings of the world. We're not happy that this is what we have to talk about this season, this offseason, mm -hmm. instead of the Mariners actually making moves. Like, this sucks. I would rather talk about the Mariners had a meeting with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Yeah. But instead, I'm talking about the fact that John Heyman sympathizes with Mariners fans. That's what I. That's what there is to talk about this offseason right now. Sucks. Dude saw it sucks. Saw it. Suck. But you know what doesn't suck? The Mariners prospects, Joe. Yeah. Tell me why. Well, BR Walkoff, this is completely random for what we were supposed to talk about, had the Mariners in the top 10 for their farm systems. BR Walkoff's not really a great, I think, I want to say, they've had some pretty poor takes in the past. But seeing the Mariners in the top 10, very good. And they were considered a, you know, bottom 10 farm last year. I think people are starting to realize how well the team has drafted and developed in the last couple of years and going along with the excitement of just prospects in general MLB announced the spring breakout which is a exhibition game between two teams and their you know top 20 top 25 prospects however you kind of want to mash it all together because some guys might not be there they're on the 40 men or they're already participating in regular spring training or what have you in general it is more eyes on the stars of the future of the game essentially. And so the Mariners are slated to play against the Padres in this on Friday, March 15th during spring training. So if it's a doubleheader that day with a regular spring training game, that's sick, but expect Harry Ford, Cole Young, Cole Emerson, Zara Montes, like all those guys that we've just talked about plenty on this channel. Like we're hopeful for the future for them. They're all going to be on one roster all at the same time, which is, I think what's exciting because it's going to be guys from different levels of the game. And, you know, like Tyler Locklear is going to be in that lineup. Maybe Jonathan Class A, but like that's an interesting one because he's on the 40 man and like maybe he's in spring training regularly. Like, I don't know. But overall, I think it's just exciting in general because I do, I believe a lot in the Mariners prospect class currently. And Colton, what's your, who are you, who are you fielding in that mm. game positionally? I think mm. like there's, there's ones that we can agree upon, like Harry Ford catching. Yeah, I think the infield. For the most part, except for, I mean, who, who are you putting at third? So you've got a choice between Ty Pete or Michael Arroyo, I would say. Probably Michael Arroyo at third and then DH Pete, maybe? Yeah. Ty Pete was DHing a lot in Modesto. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely, I think, where, that's probably where they'll go. Outfield, I mean, you've got Gabby Gonzalez and Wright. If you want to put, 
Oh, who's going in? Or maybe in left, Lazaro's and then Lazaro and Le- Lazaro and Gabby are the corners. Center is the interesting one because I mentioned Jonathan Classe. Whether or not he'd just be regular spring training, what have you. But like, are you putting Johnny Farmello out there? I'm sure it'll be like you know similar to a regular spring training game. Like a guy plays an inning or two, and sure. then comes out. Obviously, you know, 20 people on the roster, so they're gonna play quite a bit. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting, like you said, with like Classe, for example. Like, will Deloach be there? Because he's, I doubt he's it. still technically a prospect, but yeah. like also he's on the 40 man and like he'll be playing in big league camp. So if it's going to be a lot of guys from the lower levels, then sure, we'll see like Teddy McGraw, for example. Or newly sure. acquired Cole Phillips. Yeah. Because like so, as far as like pitching prospects, you've got Emerson Hancock. I don't think he'd be in that. And then maybe Taylor Dollard. But again, that's another situation. Where like, I don't think he'd be there. So who you given like who's starting that game? I think it's up to four people between like Walter Ford, Cole Phillips, Michael Morales, Teddy McGraw would be like the four that I'd pick. And honestly, give the new guy a shot to start it. Why not? Go dice up Jackson Merrill and Ethan Salas or Salas. Probably Salas. It's probably how you pronounce it. Yep. You it know, is. I think, yep. I don't know. It's ex- It's exciting just to have more eyes on the prospects. I completely agree with that. I do think this is a missed opportunity by the MLB though. Yeah, and you, you did say that you were a little underwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, cool. Like, uh, like I think it's a cool idea. I think that it is an L that they're not making it even, like, a a bigger event. Like, almost like a, almost like a tournament. Like, where you have, I don't know, like, t- double elimination or yeah. something. And then they go around the, the Arizona Fall League and... I mean, screw it. Even send them to Florida and play those teams. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, like, eventually, like, in the championship, like, it would have to be, like, spring training. Yeah. Or the Cactus League versus the Grapefruit League at some yeah. point. And I don't necessarily disagree with you. It is its first year. But also, like, right. the NBA just organized the in-season tournament, and it was fine. I think there's still a little bit of confusion about what that is. But having something, you know, I won't say similar, but a little tournament like that prior to the season, I think could be very, very exciting. It could generate more buzz in general around the younger guys in potentially the future of the MLB and just get them more recognizable as they're ready. Because sure, there's plenty of people that are viewers of the MLB right now that will recognize Jackson Holiday when he is making his debut for the Orioles because he is Jackson freaking Holiday. Dude is going to be a star. Obviously helps, you know, Matt Holiday is his dad. But regardless of that, like how many people around the MLB know Cole Young? that are just right. casual viewers. And this is just an opportunity for them to see what he is all about. Is it though? Because it, it's at one o'clock on a Friday. Yeah. And so the, that is where I think your criticism like, cool. is super valid that it could be better. It could be bigger. And who knows? Maybe it will grow into a bigger initiative mm-hmm. as it kind of like they flesh it out this spring. I think it would just be so interesting to have a tournament and see like who has the best prospects. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't, you don't have to like base like prospect rankings around the league on this, but mm-hmm. just, you know, how can the Mariners best prospects beat the Padres best prospects? Cool. They did. Now they move on to go play the diamondbacks best prospects. Like it can be like a, I don't know how it would work out like a 10 game tournament. Yeah. And then, and then have the playoffs, if you will, um, of like maybe you split it into little divisions. I don't know how it would be done. There's plenty of semantics, but I mean, one game and it's at a one o'clock on a Friday, like most people won't even be able to watch it. Cause they'll be at work. Yeah. So it's like okay, I can watch the I can watch the the replay. And again, I'm not knocking this. I think it's a very cool thing that they're doing. And like you said, they could add to it in years years to come. 
But right now, I just feel like they kind of missed the mark on really showing off the future of the game. But, hey, that's why I'm sitting here. Mm -hmm. And the people that make way more money than me are making those decisions. And I'm glad you guys made the decision to watch episode 43 of the Hit It Here podcast presented by Bet Online. Now, make sure you go check out this video on the screen now. I don't know what it is, but it's probably pretty cool. And go Mariners.